Television meets radio. radio. The Vision View Sports Show. Sports Show. Subscribe on Vision View TV to watch the Vision View Sports Show. Subscribe. So, I just came back from the airport where myself uh, and about a couple hundred other South Africans welcomed Drickus Duplessis back to South Africa. What a moment it was um, to have the UFC belt, the UFC gold on these shores for the very first time. A moment which, I'll be honest with you, through uh, all the MMA mixed martial arts I've watched over the past couple of years, I never saw coming, particularly not at this juncture. On the phone line, we have uh, someone I've spoken to about EFC, UFC, and mixed martial arts across this continent and beyond for quite some time now. He's a VP over at the EFC. I know he's also fresh back uh, from Canada where Drickus did the whole thing. He got to see it live and direct. Uh, Graham Cartmill joins me on the other side. Graham, good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you doing? I'm too good, man. I can imagine. I'm too good. I can imagine. <laughs> Welcome back, firstly. Yeah. Um, how was Thank Canada? You. Wow, Toronto is quite a city, man. Mm. Like a nice, a clean version of New York. Ah, brilliant. Very, very cool. Very, very cool. I haven't been to either, so I'll take your word for it. Um, yeah. Let's talk UFC 297. And I mean, firstly, I guess from your perspective, right, before we talk about Drickus and, and everything that he's done exceptionally well, what was your UFC experience like? Uh, yeah, look, to be fair, the second time I've been, uh, I did the Vegas, I've done Vegas for many, many years ago. Uh, they've definitely evolved since then. Look, it's 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 an incredible show, um, and that's what they benchmark themselves against. Is you know they're they're a sport, a professional sport, but at the same time, what entertainment? You know, the crowd gets behind every single one of the fights, and and it's an experience of a lifetime. Seriously, it is an incredible, incredible show. So it's UFC 297, Drickus' is seventh fight in the, in the UFC, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's if, not the eighth, is it, was it his eighth win? Was it his eighth win? I thought it was his seventh top. fight. I, I could be, I could be off. Right. I could be off. I think he's, the, I think he's the, got the longest uh, middleweight streak in history okay. in the UFC. So okay. he's eight. Oh, eight. Eight. Win number yeah. eight, uh, fight number eight for Drickus. In, in what feels like a very short space of time, I remember when he was flying out to... Uh, Abu Dhabi, yeah, to take his yeah. very first fight. And it feels almost like we closed our eyes, opened them, and then he was a middleweight champion of the world. Give me a sense exactly. of what you made of Drickus initially entering the UFC and, and, and on a sense of if you thought he was the guy. We always talk, Graham, and you say you're waiting for one who's going to put the EFC over. And this was what you needed. But did you, did you think Drickus was that guy when he started? Yeah, look, I'd love to say, uh, I mean, it's, it's going to sound cliched mm. because, you know, at now looking looking at it, people say, oh, no, there's no way you could have known. Of yeah. course, there's no way you could have known. But out of anybody that's presented themselves thus far to the UFC, um, I've never met somebody that is so, believes in himself so much that, you know, he, he's convinced me that he's going to be the UFC champion. Um, and I often told my partners and a lot of people that he'll be the one to do it. He'll be the one to be the UFC champion, if any, if anybody. Um, and I think it's almost just a surreal thing that it's, that it's come to fruition because this guy has had kind of <clears throat> everything thrown at him mm. in terms of uh, the start of his career. And I think from a trajectory point of view, you can look at who he's fought. I mean, the fact that he got Darren Till early on um, and he got uh, a winner over Darren so so convincingly. I kind of 
setback is in his career for Bob. Okay. Um, he's really doing it. He's really going for it. He isn't taking mediocre fights. And by nature of how him and his team are, even when he was in EFC, he would take the fights that no one else would take, uh, you know, on the same experience. And they fought Donovan Hawkey when he was four fights in. Uh, Donovan had over 20 fights. He would take fights against international athletes at a whim, meaning like if, if it was a replacement fight, and so Jose de Rocha at him and said, okay, this is who you've got. And he would actually welcome it. He'd want those type of fights. So that's the, the character that you're dealing with. Somebody who wants the biggest, baddest guys to fight that is going to get his name out there. It's going to get into the UFC. It's going to get a notice when he's in the UFC. And obviously we're, uh, get it in the title contention with yeah. them. My question, my next question, twofold, because I want to speak to the EFC and the UFC as well. When was mm. it, do you remember the specific fight that you felt like we have a real star here in the EFC? And I suppose then also, when was it in the UFC that you started to believe that Trickus' skill set could take him all the way to, to UFC gold? Um, I, th I think it's when he actually fought um, against Donald Hawkey that I was completely shocked. Mm. And one of the first it to me, and I was like, I think it was just his fourth fight with us. Um, we 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 fight fight Donovan, and prior to that, one of the and said, "No, no, we want to fight Hawkey." No, nah, that's impossible. It's a mismatch. I'm not going to put my. Obviously, you know, you I feel like you got a reputation to uphold as a matchmaker, and people, if if he had lost that fight, would have looked at it and said, "Geez, you know, you don't know what you're doing." And the conviction from their camp was something that it completely sold me. So let's do it. And he blew me away. I was like, this guy has arrived. And he's just beaten a guy that's a legend in the sport. And he's a, a relative unknown. Um, and that then segued to him getting a title shot. And, and it was really just this snowball effect of, of mounting the wins for me. Hmm. What about in the UFC? Which win was it for you out of the eight that stood out? Um, I think that his uh, his knockout against Whitaker was the one. I mean, we always knew that he'd be there, but the, the Whitaker knockout, I, I'd kind of predicted that he'd win it. Uh, he'd, he'd win it, and I'd, and I'd actually made a few bets with people on it because uh, he was a complete underdog in that fight, and it's a fight that on paper he shouldn't have won. And if you understand fight promotion, you'll look at it going. Who does the UFC look to try and grow in what territories for what rematches? Drickus wasn't even on that that schedule. He was nowhere. Africa was nowhere. South Africa was nowhere. You know, they look at territories and they look at guys and they go, nah, you know, he's not the guy. And, yeah. it, and, it, and it speaks to when they, they put Usman versus Kamzat um, um, together in this welterweight uh, fight. The reason they did that was Drickus wasn't the guy. They were even going to overlook him there because they had the needle with him because he wouldn't take the fight against Izzy immediately after Whitaker fight. So when he beat Whitaker, I think he also sat back and went, okay, now let's go. Let's run at this thing. He's yeah. got a chance. He's, he's the guy to do it. Yeah. This wasn't the first time uh, for you, Graham, and for the EFC that you guys had fighters go over to the UFC, uh, which for those who don't know, no. I mean, it's the top promotion in the world. However, you, you haven't had an athlete yet do it with this type of success. Um, yeah. Soldier Boy went when you know there was a lot of hype around him and he was unable to, to replicate in any way, shape, or form what Trickus has been able to do. And there's been others, Champion Dolce. And, uh, but I want you to speak to those athletes um, 
maybe because by understanding those athletes, we can also understand the gap, right? And, and also appreciate how big of a jump Jekyll Duplessis had to take to specifically be training in South Africa exclusively and go out to win a UFC gold. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of things here. The first is, and this is my belief after 15 years of mm. doing this and seeing the, the, the movement. Fighting overseas um, doesn't mean you have to train overseas. I think that's actually the uh, a big negative is you get sucked into these fight camps in America and you're just a number. Mm. And you're just, uh, you, you know, yeah, you've got to be able to hang with these guys because you're going to fight them one day. But that doesn't mean yeah. that um, you're going to have the same stability from a confidence perspective. And surrounding yourself with people who believe in you is is part and parcel of it. I mean, the CRT team has got Gazzafidi, they've got uh, Mark Hume, they've got a lot of great athletes in their team. But they all kind of believe in each other. And I've seen the camaraderie there. So I think going overseas to train, taking yourself further out of your own comfort zone is not necessary. Um, and and Dritter said that he built his entire career through EFC. And even when he went to KSW, we kept a good relationship with him. He kept, he stayed here, he trained here in South Africa and went over to compete at KSW. Um, and that has put him in the best place possible because when he goes over with his team now to the UFC, they travel as like a one unit. They know each person's got their role, each person's got their job, the sparring partners have their, uh, their, their, their position in, uh, in, in this whole situation. And remember, he fought, um, he fought Strickland over December. Uh, uh, he had to train over December, which means who are you asking to stick around in December? What type of cannabis sparring partner are you going to get? And he got the best of the best. He got his actual team because they would, they would mm. go to battle for him. Mm. And they say, cool, we're going to forgo all of our holidays and our off time just to be in spa and sacrifice with, with our family to make sure you get the best camp to beat this guy. I hear your point, Graham, but someone would say, and I would say, there is a, a skill gap, almost. Um, not that you can't yeah. train here and be comfortable here. You don't believe that there not is a, a gap in any way, shape, not or form? Not, not in, in history or appreciation of the not different martial I mean, arts? I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, um, in terms of per, per capita, yeah, there's more fighters in the States, absolutely. Mm. But what quality are you get, getting out of out of them, really? If you go to a training camp right now, you're paying to go and be a part of TriStar in Canada. Mm. You're a number. Everybody, I mean, JP Bates hasn't done well in that regard. None of, the, none of the guys who go over, in my opinion, and convert into that system do well. Yeah. Guys that keep their home base do incredibly well. And we have, and maybe this is the point I need to make, we have a, a world champion in MMA now. That means that their gym is a world-class gym. Yeah. And we have them, and I can list five other gyms that I think are world-class gyms that could create champions going down the line. But all it needs to do is the door needs to be opened because it's a belief system. So just kick that door down and say, look, guys, believe in, believe in the fact that we're good enough. We can hang. I mean, somebody had to do that in rugby originally. South Africa wasn't always a rugby nation. Yeah. But they believed in themselves, and they said, no, we're going to be a country that produces rugby players. I mean, why? Why Why are we so different? Uh, you know, why is Southern Hemisphere rugby so different? It's because there's a belief and there's, a, there's listen, we're going to be the best in the world and go against the grain. I think uh, guys like Mornet Fisher out of CRT have proven that stay home. 
be, be, be the best here. Be close to your camps. That, that's honest to God, my belief. Yeah, and fight, fight in the EFC. I think that's another message that we got because you guys are doing yes, I mean, it so well I mean, too. You know, yeah. obviously I always punch our brand and, mm. and, and our business because we are the biggest and most successful brand in this martial arts on the continent. Um, but our objective is different to any local event. We are not holding on to our fighters and trying to keep them from their, yeah. their destiny. All I can do as a fight promoter is promote them and give them advice. And often my advice is go, don't go fight overseas at the, uh, uh, the, the UAE Warriors and that type of stuff. The money's great. But what it does for you is it doesn't give you a fair shot. You don't have invested, they don't have invested interest in you. You know, there's very few promotions outside, well, I think we're the only ones that have invested interest in African athletes. That's the reality of fighting in EFC. We're looking at it from how do we grow you? How do we grow you? And so that you can get into the UFC. And I say this to the champions all the time. Coming back from Toronto, I mentioned all the champions that guys, just to just keep the door open. Let's get you to the UFC. Yeah. I can guarantee you, UAE Warriors and Brave and all these other promotions not messaging their athletes and going, let's get you to the UFC. Mm. They're going, you know, how, they're not even thinking beyond that. Yeah. I've, I've kind of asked you this question in private before, but doesn't that make mm. it difficult for you as promoter to grow the EFC whilst you're also, in a sense, a feeder to bigger promotions, i.e. The, the, the UFC. Because uh, you would like yeah. to have your own champions, yeah, right, and have people go on around and and keep Drickus level talent, I, I can imagine, in this promotion. It, it doesn't hurt at all. Yeah, more money, more money will make that happen. But it's, uh, it's, all, uh, it's all based on currency. You know, there's, uh, there's a reason why um, when uh, America starts a soccer team, uh, a, a soccer league, it, it just goes off the charts. Yeah. The American sports business is incredible. It's a sports business. I think, I wish, I wish, you know, and, and maybe this is the start of it on our end. We need to believe. It's so ridiculous that I'm even saying this, that we don't believe that we're good enough. Like, like think about that statement like that. We don't believe we're good enough to hang. What, what do you mean? I mean, why do all of our athletes need to go overseas? Why do all our football stars need to go play in the Premiership League? It's because the money's there. You know, so, so we know that our guys are good enough Drickus fought in EFC. He was a two-division champion. Cameron Simon fought in EFC. Champion Dolce, Gareth McKinnon. These guys have fought. And Don Madge fought in you. And we've yeah. got guys, ABK, uh, Lutanda Biko. All these guys are incredible athletes. But they have to migrate overseas at some stage in order to earn the money. And it's just, as soon as EFC gets into a space where it's able to pay its athletes that amount of money, then I think we'll have a longer term with them. So that's, that's our uh, business uh, uh, goal is to get to a stage where we can keep our kids. I'd love to keep them longer. I'd love to have them groomed longer in our organization and rack up 20 wins and really go into the UFC with no doubt about anything. Because it's, they believe in themselves once you've got 10 or, 10 or 15 wins under your belt. But, uh, you know, after four or five, they're having to go, okay, let's get into UAE or let's go and do this and, and chase the money. And, kind of forgo the opportunity in their career in some stages because they're fighting guys beyond them at that stage yeah. just for the cash. Yeah, That's the reality of the business. To, to that point, Drickus's timing in terms of, uh, I suppose, EFC, KSW even, and then UFC almost seems like he got it perfect. 
Is, yeah. Are you advising these athletes about timing at all? Too soon, too late kind of conversations? Are you having 100%. those? 100%. Yeah. But, but remember, I am the... Um, I'm wearing a hat that is a would be perceived as self, you know, you know, we want UFC to grow. Um, and only a few guys who get the business go, ah, actually, if they, if I succeed, they succeed. Mm. The Drickersons of the world, him and I have a friendship, a business relationship, all that type of stuff, because he got it early and went, if I work with these guys, I want to use the hell out of it. I want to, they get offering this platform, this global platform. Let me use it. Let me fight the title. Let me become two division champion. You know, let me forego certain things now to get the, the goal at the end of the road. And we are all for that. And we are behind our guys. And as our brand grows, what we're doing is we're just promoting the hell out of the guys that, you know, that want to be promoted. So, so long and short of it is, EFC is, is perfectly happy and placed to be a great platform for the UFC. Right now, that's great. When our business evolves and changes, we'll change accordingly. And it may be in this year that we become an African business from a going to different territories and going town and there. And that's when I think we'll spark a lot of interest um, globally. When we talk about this moment being big, not only for Drickers, but for mixed martial arts in Africa, and in particular, of course, the UFC, what does that actually mean and look like? How was that moment, Trickers winning gold, big for you as an organization? Look, on a personal, let me say on a personal level, mm. being there, I, 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 and this sounds so strange, man. I was sick, second row, got great seats, incredible experience with 22 other people wearing supportive t-shirts. And I was videotaping some of the screens because somebody said, can you let me see the action? You know, and I was trying to watch the fight and I looked across and I saw South African flags and I literally got emotional. Like it's, it's, it's such a big thing to know what it means for people at home that, that 15 years ago when Kyra and I were discussing this business that it's now kind of snowballed into this, into people like a lot of South Africans having an emotional attachment, like a rugby cup, world cup moment. Like that decision to do this business has led us all here to Toronto. And uh, on a business level, it's, it's, it's going to mean exactly that, that a lot of what we said come to pass and that we mean what we say when we want EFC to be one of the biggest internet promotions in the world. And if you back us, you're going to get your yield. You know, you will get your ROI. You'll get guys like Cricket Super C coming out at the other end. You'll get... Uh, an incredible opportunity to see the most incredible uh, uh, MMA entertainment on the continent. I know in the past, Graham, the UFC have partnered with other promotions. Um, were there any conversations, not necessarily about a partnership, but any at all with Dana White about how best we can continue to turn out <sighs> no. talent in Africa? You know, you know, it's strange. Like, they actually don't, they don't partner in mm. the sense that we think. I mean, they, they go into a territory very much like the American mantra, like, let's take over. We don't need anybody else. Um, they may work with promotion, but we don't mind. I mean, like, to be honest, if, 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 if UFC comes here, it's only anything that grows the sports grows UFC. Anything. And the fact that you and I are talking about it, the fact mm-hmm. that I'm on radio interviews talking about it to people, um, at the, the sport, I was, I was on a, another radio 
station yesterday and they, they had no idea what MMA was. They yeah. wanted to be educated on actual mixed martial arts. So to go along that road, we're just starting. You know, how many thousands or how many millions of South Africans tuned in on Sunday morning that had never watched an MMA event? That now goes, uh, and you mean there's a, uh, one South Africa like this that's producing these guys? Oh, I want to go see that. Yeah. I say this with, with all due respect to the fighters. It's just so unfortunate that for, for some of the millions who had never seen, it was that fight card, which didn't have many high points. Oh, yeah. I'll be honest no, with dude, you. I... There were so many lulls in that in that card. Uh, Graham, it was it was a tough watch at some points. Oh, what, a, what a bad card. Goodness. What a bad card. I, I, and literally, I put bad, bad cards on, but I know Mick Maynard and George Shelby <laughs> must be kicking themselves because they did a horrible job. I, and I, like, you, you roll that dice, and there's no performance. Just the, the only thing that I can defend him on yeah. is I know I, I don't do it. We only start our cards in March mm. because we know that guys take breaks. They're low. They need their holidays. Mm. They need to take a break because it's a very tough season of fighting, you know, to go yeah. 11 months uh, fighting. Mm. So we don't do it until March or, or 10 months fighting. So essentially, that could be an explanation, but I felt exactly the same. Cairo turned around to oh, me. Geez. And I think it was just during the middle fight, and he said, I can't believe when he was in South Africa, he was in and this is what their perspective, uh, their perspective of it is. So all these fans out there, let me tell you something, that happens one, one, one out of like 55 cards where you get like, yeah. you know, uh, just absolutely thing. Yeah, and it was, it was you know? I mean, even the co-main was, cheesy. it was tough. It was watch. terrible. I was like, what? It was terrible. I had to come and explain, of course, because I had all my colleagues here at Vision View kind of wake up for the fights as well. Um, those who hadn't seen, I had to come and explain as you have, that that's not what it usually looks like. It's a very different yeah. experience uh, for the most part. Let's talk about exactly. the champion himself, and, and I'll probably um, try to see him again. I know he's coming to multi-choice as part of the little tour that he's on uh, to, to yeah. parade the belt, uh, or big tour, I should actually say. What, what kind of conversations, if at all, I know there was a lot of celebration around, but what does he yeah. do next? Because as you've said, he is a champion, yes, and those of us who know the sport can appreciate what he's done, but he's also in a country where not too many people from the millions you've mentioned are familiar with the sport. How does he leverage this moment to get over in a way that's, that's bigger than what we have already witnessed? Yeah, I, I think knowing him mm. and knowing his team, they think the way we think, which is um, let's go bigger and better. And, you know, he's become a world champion. I genuinely believe that they're going to try and get UFC to Africa. I know we had this conversation. Um, how that looks like, I don't know. Because, you know, we've discussed the money behind UFC, uh, whether they feel like this is a money market for them, that they can make cash here. I, I, I think that they don't think that they can make money here. So they're kind of uh, holding out. I hope that I'm wrong. And I hope that Israel Adesanya also campaigns to get it into into mm. uh, Africa and pushes for that narrative because that would be just incredible. So what's next for him is a defense. He has to defend. Whether they can pull off with many kind of facet chat, can they get Israel Adesanya in time for his next fight? That's completely up in the air. That's 50-50. There was rumors in the, in the, in the middle that he had been training prior to the fight and he'd actually been working on getting back into camp. I mean, and this is kind of a soft retirement, but much like most of the fighters do, the Connors, you know, I, I don't want to fight anymore because he lost his team. But the only reason he lost his team is because he wasn't able to fight Lucas. That was a real, that was the, that was the gas and the fire for him. That was keeping the fire going because he'd achieved, achieved everything. 
he he'd achieved fame, success, uh, lots of money. You know, he'd done incredibly well in his career, and now he had no one else in the, until Drifus came with us. You know, on the on the real African narrative, which sold, uh, people were excited to see it. And then when it didn't happen, I think Israel lost faith and was like, I'm out of here. Strickland then took the charge and was able to fight Strickland, become the champion. I think if they rehash that, that's what he should do. They're going to throw guys a contact at him, for sure. They're going to show us that's a terrible fight for Strickland. Um, I think that's a horrible fight for him to take as the champion. Um, just because the, the UFC want, uh, comes up to be the guy. Yeah. Um, and I do think that Trickus' submission game is better than Kumbat's wrestling game. So I think that, that he'd be able to submit him because if it ends up in a grappling match, he's a stronger guy. Um, Costa could be a guy that he fights. Costa wins now. And there's many middleweight fights for him. But uh, it's, it's, I think we're all just kind of fixated on location, aren't we? Yeah. Where is it going to happen? Yeah. Is it talking 300? They're talking, and if it's 300, there's only one person to fight it's easy, and that's not in Africa. Mm. So, you know, what do they do? I would, I would hold up and try and push for the African card and make it happen here in Pretoria. That's that, if I could wave my magic wand and be in Dana's ear. Yeah. Um, that's what I would say to him. You said something to me quite interesting when we spoke on the phone briefly yesterday, Graham, and I think it's important that yeah. people who are listening to this conversation and have hopes of UFC Africa also understand yeah. the context of why it didn't happen when they even had three champions, uh, all of yeah. which uh, were from Africa. Why is yeah, it that they talk about it, but it just it hasn't happened? Tell us about the difficulties. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty evident. Like, I mean, what Dana says, I mean, he's the Colonel Sanders of the KFC band, isn't he? Mm. You know what I mean? He's just he's <laughs> spitting rhetoric and they've got to follow up with whatever comes out of his mouth. Yeah. And a lot of what he says is not, it hasn't come to fruition, mm. you know? He says, I want to come to Africa. I've got recordings of when he, uh, only because I was pushing Izzy before this rivalry even came about. I was like, cool, Israel, Israel, he's the guy to lead the charge. Israel said, ah, let's go to South Africa. You know, and that was in 2000, what, 2020 or 2018. Mm. I mean, it was insane. They were, they were saying, this is great. We're going to make this happen. Um, the reality is we've been sitting forever. And we've had three champions. We've had Usman, uh, Adesanya, um, Usman, Adesanya, and Gandhi. In really, and really at the peak, and still no African card. Mm. Why? It makes it make no sense. Now that we have a South African, doesn't mean we can do it. The rivalry against another African, maybe. Now that might be the push beyond. But I think it all boils down to how much money can we make in that territory? You know, that was cheaper. Mm. You know, they didn't hide down with the Canadians in Toronto. Yeah. It doesn't. I don't think they have such a mega business, a listed business, that it doesn't matter about territory for them. It's it's whimsical if they if you think that they are okay. South Africa cricket. I would love for for me to be wrong, but I actually want to eat my words on this one. I want. I, I'm praying to the MA gods that I eat my words on this one, and I'm happy to do so. But I think that that's not a, not a thing for them this year. I don't think they'll do 2024 Africa. I, I, I share your, skepti your skepticism about the matter. Um, you also shared yeah. with me a ticket price. And I thought to myself, geez, where do we, st where yeah. do we start with getting... What, what did you say it was again? How much did it cost? Yeah, it's like $700 for yeah. a ticket. Jeez. Uh, we didn't... I mean, we used to gave us tickets. Mm. Um, you know, we were fortunate enough to get tickets from them. But 
Kai and I were on the website looking um, because we had people that were going to just finish uh, from Ignite yeah. to come, come there. And I was like, geez, starting, starting tickets are $743 That's or something way crazy. back then, the um, beaches, yeah. You know, mm. you know yeah, and, and you're in the most leaders. Yeah. Know? So, like, like, are we going to do that? Are they going to do that in South Africa? Are they going to say, okay, cool, 15 grand a ticket? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's, That's a, it's a hard one, man. But let me be wrong. And I said, let me be wrong. And I'm only skeptic, uh, skeptical now because um, because I want it to happen. So mm. I'm kind of going through all of the avenues of how and what would I do if I was them. And they might get, and there are guys who've spoken to me about it and guys that have the money to do so. There's guys that are willing to come on board and make it happen financially for them. That's mm. the only way that I think they come. And that would be big billionaire backing mm. um, to come here. And do it. So, from my 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 mouth to their ears, back Circus's campaign to get the UFC to Africa. Yeah, you know, make um, it happen, guys. It'll it'll change the it, it, the landscape of this country. You know, anything that happens like that, it just makes us all it just makes us all proud and just changes who we are. You know, and yeah. um, even if it's for for twenty five minutes, you know, it's just all worth it, isn't it? Absolutely correct. I, 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 yeah. Such is my disbelief that I actually never, about the UFC coming to Africa or South Africa in particular, I actually never thought yeah. location. Where would you do that? Yeah. Sun Arena seems too small. Is it? Do you think it's about right? They, you know, <laughs> again, wave my magic wand. Yeah. Put a roof and Patrice that said has the money to do it on top of uh, lockers. Put a roof on that thing. On what top of where, Graham? 100,000 seater. Sorry? Put a, a roof on top of Loftus. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. In Pretoria. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Do you, know how, do you know how this place, that place would explode with, with the sea supporters? I can imagine. I mean, come on. I, we've got no indoor arenas that can host the UFC yeah. currently. Nothing. Yeah. Um, but we could convert one of the stadiums. And the guys, that would probably come as a caveat for, for the financial backing of this whole thing. Is okay, cool. We want that. Let's do it this way. Because we don't want to lose it to, I think that, I think that there are places in Nigeria that have um, indoor arenas that size. Yeah. We don't want to lose it to Nigeria. Come on. Absolutely. We, we could um, potentially just reverse all the cars out of the dome, ask we buy cars nicely, um, to park somewhere <laughs> else for, temporarily while we put this fight on and then, and then move. Yeah, for sure, mate. That, 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 yeah, sure. maybe. Um, right, maybe let me ask you lastly, um, Graham. Yeah. I spoke about Drick is kind of leveraging this moment, right? Uh, and yeah. getting over in a much bigger way to an audience which is relatively unfamiliar with MMA. Um, what yeah. do you do as a promotion? You know, or we know, rather, you, you're closely affiliated with Drickus. You even have a friendship with him. How do you use yeah. his momentum to help your organization? Um, you know, our, our business is built on um, generating talent. Mm. So regardless of what happens with Drickus, we... We obviously love the fact, and it's it's strange. Um, you you kind of get caught in the wave of of this whole thing, you, you know, by proxy of just being close to him. Um, and the reality is, I haven't actually thought Kyra and myself haven't sat down and, and strategized how we capitalize on it because I think that um, it's beyond us. Mm. It's, it's just a great moment for all of us. It's like I said, it, it, she's going, the sports going. Means EFC's going. 
Yeah. Uh, whether it means our athletes believe in themselves more and they want to get more fights in, or we get more fans, uh, you know, dedicated to watching UFC and see who's the next talent to come through. Uh, I think it's just we, we just let let it be what it is. I, I'm I'm just going to continue promoting uh, EFC and Drakus because we've always done that, even you know prior to any type of aspirations, because uh, he's still one of our guys. He'll forever be a part of our you know um, our retinue and our, or our or our top guys. So I think we just need to keep doing the same thing because it, it, it's a formula that's working. Yeah. Look, look what we produced. It's taken us a long time. I'd love I'd love for more. Everything is based on money. More money in, the better, you know. So, if sponsors, more sponsors want to come on board, or um, you know, I mean, our television rights across Africa are pumping at the moment. Our television rights across the world are pumping at the moment. So, I think we just keep doing this. The UFC could, could turn around and go, "Hang on a second, you know, let's invest in UFC." That would be magic, because then that's a whole different world, mm. you know. That means that there's an opportunity. And, and they've done that. Um, when you talk about partnering, they've actually done that with other promotions globally. They've, they've pushed other promotions um, in that direction and it helps. So that's what I would, that, that's what I'd be saying to them. Yeah. You were so, you, you, um, of course, I remember were so kind um, some time ago. So let me feel the, the EFC strap on my shoulder yeah. um, gave me grandiose yeah. ideas one day, maybe uh, getting into the hex myself at the ripe old age of 30. But um, <laughs> I have to wonder, what did that UFC gold feel like? Was it heavier in weight? It, it looks Man, it looks it's, big. It's solid, eh? Yeah. That's a solid belt. I was trying to videotape how they did all the Velcro and yeah. stuff like that. I, was, I, was, I did a full inspection on that belt. Mm. It's just beautiful, man. But, yeah. you know, we had the same belt makers, but uh, we got upright. So, you oh, know, not our price, we got out and um, outworked. I see. The belt maker who made our original belt was making the UFC belts. That, you know, that's what we've done. We said, okay, whatever they do, we're going to do. Mm. Let's copy exactly what they do. Let's make it, the, mm. you know, exactly like them because that's what we want. And the early belts were made by the same guy. And then eventually what happened is he said to us, guys, the UFC are just um, making belts nonstop for them. Yeah. You know? And they are. I mean, Griffiths was one belt for himself to parade around and another belt that he keeps with an engraved Super Super C middleweight champion. So, yeah, I know. It's, it's proper. And there's jewels in that thing. It's gorgeous. So, big up to them for making that belt. It's a, it's a masterpiece. <laughs> I'm going to try to get as close as possible as I can when I when I see him at multi-choice. But listen, Graham. Well, I mean, he's, he'll, obviously he'll be at in the EFC when yeah, he's yeah. Athlete, so I think he'll be at Zulu's fight um, and in March. In March, yeah. Uh, 7th of March, yeah. So he'll probably be there with the belt. Fingers crossed. Yeah, so we'll, we'll try and get it around your way. Fingers crossed by then. Yeah, he's, he's gotten over just <laughs> looking at it enough to let me just hold it for a second. Would love that. He <laughs> did you. say to me when he woke up the next day, He's so exhausted. They only finished their media scrums early in the morning yeah. at four or five. Yeah. And uh, we were all sitting around the bar drinking, uh, you know, the, the, the next day. And he said to me, I woke up this morning and, you know, he woke up and he just felt this thing on him. And he looked, <laughs> he had the belt <laughs> like splayed across him. You know? and he just, he's like, oh my gosh, I'm a world champion. Can you imagine that feeling? Unbelievable. You know? imagine. <laughs> Actualizing incredible. that dream is, is an incredible thing. Oh, Listen, Graham, man. thank you so thank much. You for, thank you for always taking my calls. Thank you for now, uh, appreciate it. We'll do it again in the future. Cool, I can't man. wait for March also.
Thanks for always pushing yeah. the sport, man. Right. Cheers, Graham. Cheers, um, buddy. Bye. Well, there you heard it from uh, Graham Cardman himself, EP over at the EFC. All things to do with Trick is Duplessis, him winning at UFC 297. Listen, say what you want about the man. Um, in terms of your position on him, things he's had to say in the past, things that we've discussed on this show and things that are well-publicized, but you can't ignore the moment for him is absolutely incredible. The fact that he was able to rise above all, all right, through the pressure, the scrutiny, the doubts from us, maybe not from inside his camp, uh, and become EFC or other UFC middleweight champion is no small thing. And of course, we hope that has a springboard effect for the promotion that is the EFC in South Africa and across Africa, and also, of course, for... Uh, the appetite for MMA in this country. Tembo Garimbo fights in February. Who knows when we see Drickus in there next or where we potentially see Drickus next, but UFC Africa is something to certainly apply your minds to. Live. This is the Vision View Sports Show. We are live on BBSR.live and Vision View TV with Cesar Mabena, DK Chavalala, Chloe Grace, and Tanaka Mundwa.